All right, welcome everybody to today's episode of the Seven Figures Club podcast. Today, we have a remarkable guest with us. We have Kathy Fecky. She and her husband, Rich, are the co-founders of Real Wealth Network. And this is a network that has changed a lot of people's lives for the better over the last uh, decade plus. Kathy specializes in teaching people how to build multi-million dollar real estate portfolios through creative finance and planning. She is passionate about researching and then sharing the most important information about real estate, market cycles, and the economy. She is author of the number one bestseller, Retire Rich with Rentals. And Kathy's also a frequent guest ex expert on such media as CNN, CNBC, Fox News, NPR, and CBS. Marco Watch, Kathy, we're excited to have you on the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thank you so much. So Kathy, I was reading through a little bit of, of your and Rich's story and it sounded like 13 years ago, something crazy happened. That's usually what uh, helps us all make a massive change in our life. What happened to you and Rich 13 years ago that kind of changed everything for you? Yeah, I mean, we were really living the dream. He had just come out with his book called Extreme Success. We had two little kids. We bought our first house. It's actually been uh, 17 years now, so I got to update my bio there. But uh, he was on a book tour for uh, for his new book and noticed a freckle. He's a redhead with a lot of freckles, so I don't know how he noticed this particular one, but he went and got it checked. It turned out to be melanoma. Uh, they did more research and they they did all these tests and thought it had spread to his liver. And the doctor literally said to him, um, you know, if this is true, then you've got about, you've got a few months to live. Um, the medicine wasn't what it is today. It's obviously evolved a lot since then. So, uh, so Rich made this mistake of going online and looking up melanoma and it was very deadly. And um, so it was terrifying. Uh, here we were at the top of our game and bam, it felt like starting over uh, so much of the money we had saved. Uh, you know, we, we um, did what we were told. We put 10% of our money into emergency savings, 10% into like vacation fund, 10% into investing. But that goes real fast when you have a terminal illness. Um, fortunately, fast forward to today, he's, he he's healthy, he's fine. Uh, we do get him checked regularly to make sure because he's still out in the sun all the time. But, um, you know, but it was that moment. So, so the doctor misdiagnosed that, it sounds like, huh? Um, you know, maybe, but they're, they did some treatment and, and whatever, whatever it is, you know, they cut a lot of it out. And also, um, yeah. Yeah. So he is, is fine. I mean, he has to be checking on it regularly because, you know, but, um, so but what did you guys change financially? Because it sounds like you, okay, this crazy thing's happening. Fortunately, everything worked out and he's in good health. Uh, you know, God bless him. But now what? Now what did you guys do? Because you started to make some really big financial changes too in terms of your mindset and you yes. know, what you guys had been told. Uh, absolutely. It was, it was such a shock. I refused to believe that the doctor 
you know, I refuse to believe it. But so I just thought, well, how can I at least take this burden off of him? He had been the breadwinner. I, I came from a generation that where that was kind of the case, you know, and I had always had a job. I, I had worked in the news, actually, in the media as a reporter for many years. But, you know, quite honestly, it doesn't make that much money when you're not the main anchor person, you know. So my my money just paid for our our extras, you know, our vacations and our dinners and stuff. Um, so all of a sudden I was stepping into main breadwinner, wanting him to, you know, if the doctor was right, let him have the best six months of his life. Um, again, we, we didn't let our minds go there. That's, that's so important in everything to just stay focused on the prize, you know, stay focused on the goal, perfect 100%. health, great wealth. Uh, lots of love, you know, all the things you want, focus on that. Don't let your energy go to anything else than what you truly want. So that's what we did. And I had been in the news, as I said, I quit that when I had my second child because it was just too much. And I really had become a stay-at-home mom, but I kept this little radio show on the weekends that no one listened to because it was really not that good. It was just me sort of blabbering. But all of a sudden I had a focus and it was like, how do I make money? And not just money. I still wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I still wanted to raise these kids. So it was like, how do I make money passively? I'd heard this thing. I thought maybe it's maybe it's real. Um, one way to find out, I'm just going to start interviewing people. And that's what I did. I had this platform, this little radio show, and I just started interviewing people who had created what I wanted, which was assets that just make money for you right it's like someone is out there doing that why can't i and that's 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 what i started the real wealth show many years ago just finding out this little secret that a certain group of people understood and still today here we are fast forward there's still a very small group of people that really understand that concept so there is but since that day you guys now grown to is it fifty thousand plus members in your community yes we started a little network we call it the real wealth network because at the time uh this was kind of before youtube before podcasts yeah um, i was on the radio and and any kind of real estate education was either in books which is great but a late night tv or these little real estate clubs where you would go and try to learn about real estate but then someone would try to sell you something and you'd right. run to the back of the room and buy it and then find out they didn't really get you where you wanted to be. I mean, maybe maybe 1% of that group would. But um, we just thought, well, people need to know this information. So we started the Real Wealth Network and, and brought in these people I would interview into meetings um, where people could meet them. And it was shocking how willing successful people were to share their secrets. We didn't sell anything. It was just literally, let's learn this together. And And since then... Yeah, it's, uh, I think we're at 57,000 members now. Um, but the real game changer on that was when I had Robert Kiyosaki on, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, Okay. Got to read that book, right? Um, this was back Get in Get those four quadrants going, that's right. You got to do it. You got to read it. So he said, um, you know, I just said, what are you doing? You know, how are you creating passive income? You know, Mr. Cashflow Guy. And he said he, he had bought a lot of properties in California because he, he could see the demographics there and the job growth and so forth. But this was again, 2005 and mm. prices had nearly doubled, you know, just a few years. And 
He said, it's not sustainable. These loans, you know, we, we know the story. These loans are not good loans. People are li- they're liars. Wow. He, he was saying that in 2005. Five. Yeah. 2005. Wow. He had, he had great foresight. You know, it, in retrospect, it wasn't too, too hard to understand. To, to figure out if you paid attention because it should it shouldn't have been but not very many people did not very many people but they they knew exactly when these loans would reset they yep. knew yep. and and he you know all you had to do was look it up and so he knew that it was going to hit kind of start around 2006 but really hit yep. hard in 2008 and 2009 yep. so he basically said on the show i sold everything in california and i 1031 exchanged it to Texas, where they didn't have so many crazy loans, had very strict lending laws there. Yes, that's true. And um, and it was cheap, you know, and the jobs were going there. So you had this combination of all these jobs were moving there because of the, the tax benefits for businesses. And then all the people went to get those jobs. And yet real estate hadn't caught up, which is something we kind of talked about before the show is it takes a while to build. You know, you can't just like throw a thousand, two thousand, five thousand homes Get, you know, get them built overnight. It doesn't work that way. When you had all these jobs going to Texas, you know, it was, property was still cheap, but at the time people thought, oh, nothing's ever going to happen in Texas. So he was very, again, like you said, he was, he had so much foresight on this and we thought, well, if it's good enough for Robert Kiyosaki, it's good enough for us. So Rich and I flew to, to Dallas and were you guys living in California at that yeah. time or? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it didn't make sense. Like I, I agreed with him. Like I can't find anything that cash flows. The only kind of cash flow that we knew in California was the negative variety. <laughs> like, no question. There's plenty of cash it, flow. It, it was negative. hope the property keeps appreciating, but you're going to yeah. not, not make any money on the rent. So in fact, you're going to lose money. You just, you're going to feed your property. It's going to cost you to own it. And your hope is that you'll make a bunch of money in the end. Yeah. But what he saw was that, no, you're going to feed this property negative. It's going to cost you to own it and it's going to lose money and value. Oh. So, it's like, so we did it. And, and uh, this was back when loans were like 0% down for investor loans. Yeah. Unlimited. Unlimited. So we went to, to Dallas and bought five properties in one weekend, they were $140,000 in Rockwall, Texas, which was just the cutest little town. We knew a new freeway was coming in. Um, Kathy, we- Kathy, how much are those homes worth now? Probably 400, about 400. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Dallas has just grown like crazy for the last decade. That's amazing. It was really just listen, like it was the opportunity like you're providing today. I was doing then, which was just finding out what people are doing who know what they're doing, right? So I just did what he did. If it's good enough for Robert Kiyosaki, it's good enough for me. Then we went back about five more and then five more after that. Um, again, it was no money down back then. It was a little bit easier to do. Um, but, you know, people can do it today. But I talked about it on The Real Well Show, and suddenly we had our phones blowing up with people saying, I want to do that. Show me how to do that. So we gave them our, you know, property manager information and the real estate agent. And I was like, wait a minute, there's got to be a way to make a business out of this. And so I got my real estate license and we created a a referral based business where we would find really good real estate agents in these different hot markets and just do a, you know, a co-broker situation. That's, that's what 
Ingenious. So as we kind of rewind it and synthesize the formula you guys created, and this is the mistake that so many people make is they try to recreate the wheel, but you said, let's just go reach out to the people who are already doing what we want to do and doing it successfully. In your case, you were looking for people who were making passive income and how were they doing it? And it looked like a lot of them were doing it different uh, real estate uh, property and opportunities. And then you got involved with uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, you asked him what he's doing. And then you just follow what the smart money is doing and look at the results that you've created. And now you've created this entire network. And that's, that's a big lesson. I think everybody learn, listening and trying to learn is follow the people who have already you know, created the path that you want to, and, and you can do it. And now, now you've been doing that for your 57,000 members. And so you guys started out with 15 rental properties and they were all single family uh, homes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly I, I mean, a few duplexes in there. And, okay. and then we took the house that we owned. This is kind of how it all started kind of going okay. back to that horrible yeah. moment where somebody tells you your husband's going to die. You know, that's no one should ever say that by the way, never, no one should ever, ever tell you when you're going to die. Oh yeah. They don't. But, anyway, Rich was like, Nope, I'm not going to believe that. And that was the wiser choice. Anyway, at the time we were like, well, how do we make money? And, you know, because he, he wasn't going to work 10 hours, 12 hours a day, like he had been, he, he was like, no, I'll do that. You enjoy your life. So one of the ways that we did is we took this house we'd bought, which we totally overbought. We, we, we had a $4,000 a month mortgage payment back then. It was, it was a lot. And it was like, you know, we did the typical American thing we bought. We spent we went way bigger than we should have, but it was so big. It was, it was great because then we just kind of carved it up. We turned the in-law suite into a, a unit and we rented that out. We turned to the office It had the separate office. We put a little bathroom and a little tiny kitchenette in there, rented that out. And then our master bedroom had a separate entrance and a huge walk-in closet. So we put a little kitchenette in there and we turned to that. So we turned the whole thing into a, a fourplex. Wow. We went and, and put our master bedroom in the playroom and, and we, and we had so much money coming in from those three rentals that we, we lived there for free, but we got the main part of the house, which was really the nice, you know, the nicest part of the house. And so it was like, it was just a way to experience what passive income feels like. Like we provided something to these people, a nice place to live and it's covering our mortgage. This is amazing. You know, what a concept. Well, let's do more of that. That is amazing. And so then was the strategy, did it evolve? Was it uh, buy and hold and earn the cash flow and, and write off uh, the depreciation and the mortgage interest? Or what was the, what, was there a next step where you got to a point where all right, let's liquidate some of these and go to step two? What was, uh, what was the next step in this uh, passive income game that you were playing? Well, as I was learning, it's like, first you got to figure out what are your expenses? What, what it, can I not get out of like what's mandatory yeah. expenses and what, you know, can I cut back on? That was first and foremost, like we bought this house. We got to We got to keep this house. So, Oh, look, we can carve it up and rent out rooms and uh, you know, keep like, we made it all separate. It was like a fourplex. Nobody came into our space, but number one, you know, we got our, we got our mortgage covered. Now what about the other expenses? What do we do about those? And, um, and, and that's where you have to find ways to create money now. If you don't have a lot of money, it's hard to create passive income from real estate. So you got to be able to make money. Um, what I just 
realize is I've got to create some sort of value now. And the, the, the only way I really knew how to do that was my radio show. So I thought I'm creating all this value. I'm interviewing all these multimillionaires. They're teaching people their secrets. I want money for that. So then I started dialing for dollars and I just like, I just got sponsors. And that's, that was kind of that covered the rest of our, uh, you know, the expenses that we had. And so was there, it a podcast or how was your radio show getting distribution or how, how did you do that? It was just a San Francisco show. And yeah. uh, I just would call people. I went down the list. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm focused on passive income. What, who, what sponsor could benefit? And I went down the list. I would phone book back then. <laughs> I just called every business and it, it was awful. It was literally like, no, no, you know, we spent our marketing money. No, you know, nobody really wants to just hand you a check. That's important to understand. They want. Tell that. us about your first sale. How did you, how did you so get my it? first what sale? I, I heard so many no's by the way that you get really good. The more you do it, the better yes, you, you get. Do. And I got a whole lot of no's, but every time you hear a no, you hear their excuse. So you've got to overcome that excuse on the next call. So by the hundredth call or whatever, I was like, okay, okay. What's, what's this next person going to not be able to turn down? Like they're going to be so excited. They're going to be a full capitalized. Yes. You know? And it was like, oh, I know. I pick up the phone. I, I call a mortgage broker because they were the ones making all the money back then. And they were on every single ad. I'm like, why can't I have my, my mortgage broker sponsor? So I, I call this one and I said, this is Kathy Fetke. I'm the host of The Real Well Show. And I'd like to know if you'd like me to make you a star. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Like, great. I am going to feature you, not just as a sponsor, but as a co-host. We're going to do amazing segments on why people should get mortgages to build wealth. He's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's what I do. And I, he's like, come meet me. So I went to meet him and I said, tell me about your clients. What are they, you know, how are they making, building wealth? And he's like, well, some are flipping and some are buying houses and renovating them, living them in two years for two years and selling them and getting all the, the gain tax free. You know, he's explaining all these things. And I'm like, your clients are fascinating. Let's just interview them. And, uh, and, and here's how much that's going to cost. And he just, he wrote the check that day. <laughs> And that was based, so that was your mortgage broker then? It was just some guy I found in the phone book, but then. So you're cold, you're just basically cold, cold calling. calling. You, just, you just closed on a cold call, but yep. you created value because you had a platform. And, and that's something one of my mentors, Russell Brunson, always talks about is when you build that platform, now all of a sudden, if you stick to that platform for a year, magic happens. And that's what you yeah. did. But I love how you were cold calling and, and how many no's do you think you had to get before you got to that? Yes. I mean, I, it was, it was, you know, when you, how many days when you're desperate, you do desperate things. I, I would say for days, but, but each I, lo no. I love that story. How many people <laughs> gave up after an hour? How many people gave up choice. for sure after a day, but you kept going. I was and, literally and that's, taking that's my what makes your story so great. I was taking my kids to garage sales to buy them clothes and I was budgeting $2 a day meals. Like, you know, it was desperation. It really was like, I'm going to make this happen. I, I know I hear these people on the radio 
I know they have an advertising budget. I just, why aren't they advertising with me? And, and then what, when I finally got this guy, I was like, okay, I'm going to make him a raving customer. And we, we interviewed his most successful clients, explained exactly how he, they were using these mortgages to, like I said, to flip homes, to, yeah. you know, to, uh, to buy and hold, to burn out, like all the things that, that there weren't names for them back then. But one by one, we'd interview them. So guess what? Our phones were ringing off the hook. He got more business he could than he could handle. He's like, this is incredible. Why don't you get your license and take some of these, you know, become a mortgage broker, work for me and take some of these loans. So I did. I, I got my license like the next month. I crammed for it, got it. And I was overnight one of the busiest mortgage brokers because of all this wow. sort of lead flow we got. And so that was in Northern California. And then how long did you do that before you made the move to Texas? Well, I was living in, I always was living in California. My very first loan, I mean, you're talking about, like my very first loan was somebody who heard me on the radio, came came in. He said, I want to do what you did. Um, I want to refine my million dollar home. And it was like back then, it was like, okay, here, fill this out. Okay, great. I'll turn it in. I made $10,000. Because it was 1%. Yeah. I made $10,000. I could have charged three points and made 30000 but I wanted to give them a good rate and have a, ra- a raving client. So $10,000, I was happy. And uh, and then, you know, he was going to take the money and the cash out refi and, and go buy a bunch of houses in Texas. So we stayed in California and that became our Oh, platform. I see. So, so then you- the strategy was to get the money not necessarily move, but Hey, there's better opportunities in Texas. And then you started getting those rentals and then you're teaching other people how to do it, but you're providing the tools and the financing. And that's exactly it. It was like, here is how we've done it. We're going to share it all with you. Uh, you know, here's the lender we used. Oh, that's me. (laughs) Um, here's, uh, the, the agent that we used in Texas. And, you know, again, that would be a broker to broker relationship with us. So we would also make money, but it, but it had to be a really great broker, right? And, and, and Texas who understood it. So I had to train the real estate agents cause they didn't necessarily know what to look for in a good rental. Yeah. And, and, and then we needed to have a really good property manager in place, really good insurance, a great LLC guy. So it's like we, we were able to become this one-stop shop for people who live in California and, and we're very clear that nothing in California made sense, but they didn't want to move. They had to understand and learn how to invest somewhere else out of state um, and, and manage it well when they didn't live there. So now was all that, uh, that was before the recession of 08, 09, then, yeah? Yeah. So now what happens when that recession hits and, and values are struggling and things aren't selling? Then how did you pivot? How did you get through that? Well, fortunately, we helped we helped a lot of people avoid complete and total disaster Mm. because I'll give you one example. One woman uh, sold, she came to us, she heard me again on the radio and then on my podcast when it became a podcast and she had three properties in Stockton, California in 2007. And they were like $400,000 each. They were just dumps. They were just always in need of repair, old, dilapidated. They rented for $1,200 each. Mm -hmm. And so she, she's like, real estate, I hear, heard you on the radio and you said real estate is the key to passive income. It's been nothing like that for me. And I said, well, you know, cause look, you bought, you have these old properties that are always breaking down. You, you, 
you're the property manager. You're not good at that. You, you know, you, you know, she, she wasn't. And, uh, and, and, you know, you're not making any money, but if we helped you sell those, that's a $1.2 million portfolio. We can get you into like eight homes in Dallas and, and there'll be very nice newish homes. You won't have to, uh, you know, have all those repairs. So she did it. She sold those three homes in Stockton. She bought eight in the little neighborhood we were in, in, in Dallas. She quintupled her cash flow. She quit her job and was able to retire, which is what she, why she had originally bought real estate. And a year and a half later, the market collapsed and her California properties were worth about 75,000 each. They went from 400 to 75. Uh, Stockton was the worst wow. hit in the country. Wow. Because there was so much Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area money trying to find yield, trying to find deals. So they were going to Stockton way overpaying, overpaying, overpaying. And when the market collapsed, you know, it, it was so she she avoided complete catastrophe. And then she, she and then those properties she bought in Dallas only increased. So the areas that we helped people buy in did really well. So we kind of kept going. But but then I realized, wow, there's a lot of opportunity. So I just got on a plane and started going to all the areas that seemed to be hit the hardest, like Tampa, Orlando, um, Cleveland, Indianapolis. Mm. We, were, we were taking, I was, oh, I'll tell you what happened. Rich, my husband, took my radio show. And right when podcast became a thing, I think it was, you know, it was like no one even knew what that word was. He took my show and he just uploaded. He goes, oh, honey, I just I just put you on this new thing called a podcast. Your your San Francisco show. I was like, oh, cool. The next day I had listeners in 27 countries. And one of those wow. countries. Oh, I know. He was like, he's brilliant in the technology realm. So uh, one of those listeners was in Australia. And Australia didn't have like basically during our crash, their dollar doubled. And they didn't have the downturn. So they had all this money. Their money was worth way more. So I got flown out to Australia to meet like a thousand, a room full of a thousand investors going, here's money, please buy me real estate. And I was like, I don't do that, but I should. So then they came, they came out. I'd have bus loads of 50 Australians. We'd go cruising all through America. I help them buy properties. And so what kind of properties uh, would you help them buy? Oh my gosh. We were buying $30,000 homes in Kansas city and Indianapolis and Cleveland. Those are probably worth four times that today. And right off the bat, when a home's that cheap, what was the worst case? They were already cash flowing from day one, right? You know, it was a hard time. Most, most were fine, but that was those were the days when you'd have a, a, a street of just foreclosure after foreclosure after foreclosure. Yeah, for just, sure. Just decimated. And and so it took a while to turn those neighborhoods around. So you might think you had a good tenant, but you know, it could it, it was tough. So they had to kind of work with that knowing that we're going so you, into a war zone, really. It's like yeah. they, so I just let them I mean they're coming in with cash. So like they don't get rent for a little bit. So what, you know. They, we were cleaning up these neighborhoods, which is what we would literally come into these neighborhoods with bus loads of Australians just loaded with cash. We would just buy every single house, 
fix them up and restore these neighborhoods to what they had been, but they were renters instead of owners, right? Um, so somehow Goldman Sachs heard about that and I won this award in 2012, one of the top most intriguing entrepreneurs for, for doing this. And I was in a room with 100 other people, including Elon Musk and the founders of Uber and didn't even know what Uber was at the time, but it was like, oh yeah, we, we decided we thought it'd be, we, you know, dumping people's cars. You know, we were tired of waiting for taxis. So anyway, it was amazing. It was like, that I, is, I, that's unbelievable. <laughs> so what, uh, what award show was that? Um, it was, it was just Goldman Sachs just was, oh, it was Goldman Sachs. Okay. Yeah. I got a letter so from they... Elon, uh, not Elon Musk, um, from, uh, Lloyd Blankfein, the CEO, oh, of, Goldman CEO of Goldman Sachs. Sachs. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was supposed to go to this three day all expenses paid awards thing. And I was like, ah, there's something to this can't be the story. And I threw it away. My daughter, who was interning for me at the time, she was in business school, pulls it out of the garbage. It goes, mom, this is signed by Lloyd Blankfein. Just at least call him back. You know? I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's a scam. But I call and they're like, no, no, we just want to award you for helping fix America, America's housing situation. And like, okay, so I went and I, I pull up in my in my little Prius and gal the car and and I'm greeted with a glass of champagne and a plate of strawberries and this man with this uh, you know all these men with suits are there and like I don't know why I'm here. I mean Goldman Sachs. I kind of feel like they caused this whole meltdown. And then the the, uh, the name tag flips and it's Lloyd, you know, oh, hi, I'm, I mean, yeah. And he goes, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we, we might have been partly a blame, but we're helping. We're a part of the solution now. We're, we're a part of the solution. Yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable. So so that's like in, in 2012. And then how long did you keep on, you know, going out there and, and uh and helping these Australian folks uh, just buy single families in America. Well, as as America recovered, so did our dollar. So it became kind of less interesting to the Australians, but more interesting to Americans who are now seeing prices, you know, seeing us recover. But yeah. it was right around then also that we discovered syndications. It was kind of before people were doing that. Mm. I didn't even know what it was. And so for our audience listening and unsure of what syndication means, what, what does syndication mean in the real estate world? It is when several, a group of investors come together and invest in something much bigger with a manager who, who is basically the, uh, the operator of that deal. So let's say you want to be passive. You don't want to go fix houses. You might invest in somebody who does and you, you split the profit or whatever. So a, uh, a developer listened to the show again, you know, that show did change. Once again, the platform paying dividends. The platform, the platform it grew faster than me. And, and so this, uh, this developer says, look, I, I understand you have a pretty a large audience now. We can buy land for almost nothing. Back, back in 2012, no one was buying land. It was so cheap. No, it, it was for sale everywhere because so many developers, I knew a lot of them and, and they did. They, they lost uh, lost a lot of those properties. They, they couldn't sell them. They, they couldn't do anything they, with they them. They had expensive loans on them and yeah. That's it. That's it. If, if they had any loans on them at all, their land was worth yeah, nothing. They were gone. They were gone. So he said, I've been developing for 40 years. I'm retired, but I can't sit around and watch land be free, you know? 
So he's like, can you raise money? I'm like, oh, I don't know. And so I get a syndication lawyer and he's like, of course you set up an LLC and you, you know, people invest in it and you buy land and tell them what you're going to do with it. And, and uh, you know, they get, they get a preferred return and, or you split the profits, however you want to set that up. So we, we just raised millions of dollars and, and bought, let's see, one of the things he first came to us with was, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, one of the first things he, he came to us with was 4,200 lots in Tampa that had been $160 million in 2006 in escrow. It fell out, market collapsed. We bought it for 10 cents on the dollar, so 16 million. Um, we have since redesigned it from golf course to uh, like a, a crystal lagoon. So people can kind of paddleboard around the property. And that is where our business plan there is just to sell lots to builders in, in bulk. And that's called the Murata now in Tampa. And of course the timing is phenomenal right now to be, to have that many lots for sale. Um, then we, so you know, did you just barely start selling those or when did you guys start selling those? It took, it took, that's, this is what I mean. Like people don't understand how long it takes, especially with something that big, 4,200 lots, we wanted it to be magnificent and, so we had to change the entitle, you know, the title, the entitlements from golf course to water. Uh, but I think we started selling off the lots last year. And then this year, of course, when COVID hit, it was like, uh oh, do we mistime it? You know, yeah. are we real? Are we just like, oh, every 10 years, you know, you go through these cycles or did we miss it? And then not yeah. this cycle. This Not cycle this went the other way. <laughs> Real estate just got hotter and hotter and people wanted to build more and yeah, banks hadn't made bad loans. So that was good timing. And it was nice to Tampa and, and Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl. That probably didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's really good timing. We've done lots of things like that. Um, so how many cities do you have these developments and syndications going on? That's massive, 4,200. How many investors uh, do you think were part of that? Um, you know, that's the thing is that because I had built this platform, I could have a lot of investors yeah. put in a little. So yeah. that's what I would tell them. I would have a $50,000 minimum. And, um, you know, so it's hundreds of investors, which is can be difficult to manage, but it's not that difficult these days. You just hold webinars and you... You know, you keep them on your list and you put everything uploaded on the website and give them quarterly updates and occasional tours. They like to go out and see it. Um, so a lot of investors. Yeah. But then I'll say, just put a little bit in because we're going to have another project in Park City. Let's you know do that one. So put 50,000 in that one, put 50,000 in this one, spread it out, diversify. Oh, just, just down the street from us here in Park City, Utah. Yeah. 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 We have a, we're doing a development we bought land years ago, right next to what is now Woodward. Yep. The action center. So right when you're on the freeway, right before that, you'll see a little development there. And we're just coming online with that too. Oh, and that, the timing is good. amazing. That's good timing. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. So, so for everybody listening, who's dying, how can I work with Kathy? How can I get involved in her syndications? How can I do anything she's doing? What should we tell them? Thank you. Uh, Real Wealth Network is our website. You uh, can just get access to lots of free data on different cities, 
where jobs are moving, uh, where we think there's a great opportunity. I mean, Utah is obviously one of the fastest growing, is the fastest growing place in the country and had the best, um, you know, employment over the last year. I mean, so- That we did. Yeah, yeah. So we we have this part on our website that, that basically um, talks about all the different locations that we really see great potential. And, um, and then the Real Wealth Show is my podcast. So realwealthnetwork.com and Real Wealth Show. Wow. Unbelievable. So yeah, I, I'm on realwealthnetwork.com guys right now. If you're listening to this, write that down, pull it up on your phone or your computer, realwealthnetwork.com. She's got uh, single family rentals in all of the hottest areas in the country listed there. She has group investments, syndications, land entitlement projects, land development projects, and investor resources, which is very important in terms of, you know, everything. And, and it looks like you're just an absolute resource and come work with you. I mean, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. It's not, it's not like one of those groups where, well, you know, we need $25,000 for you to just be part of the group and to get some training. It doesn't seem like that's how you roll. No, we, you know, we, and not that we have anything against companies that do that. I, sure. I, we just don't. And yeah, uh, that's not our model. I just wanted to sort of always be the anti guru, basically that like come here, learn from others and, um, and invest when you're ready, invest when you've got enough education and you're ready. Wow. Well, Kathy, I'm blown away. You're delivering so much value, but you know, that's the thing people don't understand when you deliver that much value, it comes back tenfold. And it seems like that's what it is to come from, you know, where you were a stay at home mom, you had this little radio show, you had this crazy moment in your life where everything could change for the worse. And, and you went and you cold called and now you've built an empire and you've impacted so many lives. Like it's just an amazing story. So if you're listening, Go to realwealthnetwork.com and do whatever you can to be involved with Kathy and her husband, Rich, and the amazing network. And that's that's what it is, right? It's a network. And yeah. what do they say about uh, your wealth? What does Rich Dad say about your network? Your net your worth net is your network, I think. is Maybe he said, somebody says that. Yeah. And I think yeah. you've certainly found that to be true. And, and now just amazing. Well, well, Kathy, what else can we say? That's just an amazing story. And let's go to realwealthnetwork.com. And, and uh, what's the, what's the final word of uh, advice that you would give everybody who, someone who's just getting started? Well, I don't want it to sound like it was easy. And like, I didn't make mistakes because I probably made every possible mistake anyone could make. And I've only told you the good stuff. So I, I just, I just want to let you know that people make mistakes. And, you know, the most important thing is that you get out there. I would say you can avoid most of those mistakes by getting more education, but you can also end up not doing anything because you'll never be, you know, so get, get your education and then start taking small baby steps and know that if you have made mistakes in the past, that only makes you better. And you'll, you won't do that the next time around. Amen. And anybody can you know get involved with the syndications and different things and accredited investors, all those things through your website. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All there. 
Okay, perfect. Well, Real Wealth Network, we've been speaking with Kathy Fepke, co-founder and co-CEO with her husband, Rich of the Real Wealth Network. And Kathy, so we just want to thank you for dropping all these value bombs on the audience. And everybody will learn so much. You'll probably want to listen to this episode multiple times. And you'll definitely want to listen to your podcast. Tell us the name of your podcast again. I have The Real Wealth Show, where I still interview people. But I also have Real Estate News. For investors and that's what i give daily like five minute news updates to keep everyone aware of where the market is uh, because it is wow. changing constantly for sure okay we'll listen to our podcast realwealthnetwork.com and thank you so much for being on the show kathy thank you so much for having me are you looking for more seven figure secrets content or even how you can launch your own recession proof business then check out sevenfigures.com that's the digit seven f-i-g-u-r-e-s.com where we share more videos stories strategies funding solutions entrepreneurial education and even the secret business type that's recession proof thank you for listening and if you're finding value in our podcast please give us a five star and invite others to join the club